Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Grant Lyon, a comedian, content creator, and a game designer. His debut title, Curmudgeon, was published by 25th Century Games. His YouTube and TikTok channels, Grant's Game Rex, has brought him to the forefront of the board game industry. Grant, welcome to the bench. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, appreciate you asking me on. Oh, my God. I am so happy that you agreed to come on, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're kind of a big deal, man. <laughs> well, you know, don't tell my mom that because she doesn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> Thank you. That's very nice of you to say. I just oh. do what I can. Yeah, I've been excited. I've been following you for a while. So cool. uh, it, it's cool to have you on here. We'll get into your channels. We'll talk to people about that. Yeah, as well, yeah. But Man, I think we'll start off with the the comedy side. So I, I know I have how, a lot of slashes when you were the, introducing me. I'm like, I know it's comedian, like karate, board it's game slashes, designer, yeah. content creator, general human being. There's a lot. I'm doing a lot. <laughs> yeah. How did you get into comedy? Where'd that all start? You've been doing this for years. Because if you look at your YouTube channel, man, like there's oh yeah, like the yeah. picture doesn't match the Tinder profile now, right? Like, <laughs> yep, that's true. I should probably update that photo. <laughs> Uh, I know. I think I started my YouTube channel in like 2008 or something like that. It wow. says now back before YouTube was even a thing. You know, it's uh, it, it is. I started when I was in college. Um, so I, I grew up, you know, liking to make jokes and being the class clown and stuff like that. But I didn't ever really know that stand up was a thing. I didn't you know, some people are like, when I was 10 years old, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what my dream was. And I didn't, uh, I just liked goofing off, you know? And, uh, when I got into college, my roommate played a stand-up album for me. And that was the first time I'd ever heard stand-up. Which one and was I, like, it? it was Mitch Hedberg's first album, uh, strategic grill locations. Uh, okay. so if you, if you've ever heard of Mitch Hedberg, he is one of the greatest comedians of all time. And he was just about to become famous when he died, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I mean, it just it probably could have been any good album, but it just, you know, blew my mind because I was like, what? This is a thing you can just stand on stage and be funny. And I just thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And I didn't even start by, uh, you know, I heard that. I didn't hear that and go, I'm going to be a comedian. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't have the confidence to just like go do it. And so I started by just kind of watching other famous comedians and then doing those jokes for my friends. Mm. I played soccer for my university. And when we were on road trips, I would stand up at the front of the bus and tell like jokes uh, to my teammates and things like that. And uh, people were like, man, you should do this for real. You should like write some of your own stuff. And enough of them said that, that I finally did. I finally started writing some of my own jokes. So the first time I ever told my own jokes was on a bus uh, later in a season when I was like, Hey, you guys keep telling me I should write my own stuff. Well, here's 10 minutes of my own stuff. Did and you I ever go to any kind of like, uh, did, like, did you take it in college or anything like that? Like, or was like, it's straight up like school of hard knocks is how you learned. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, you can take a class. You can yeah. do, there are that sort of stuff, but a class won't make you funny. A class will give you a supportive environment to try comedy in. That's the best reason to do it. 
but no, I just started. I had that supportive environment just because I was with my friends. Yeah. And then, you know, I graduated from doing it on tour buses for my teammates to being at a house party in college. And people would turn off the minute music and be like, everybody, shut up. Grant's going to tell jokes for 10 minutes. And I would stand on the couch at a house party in college and tell jokes for like 10 minutes and then the party would continue after that and so i did that multiple times so by the fr first time i ever like signed up for an open mic i was like oh this is like easy everybody's paying attention everybody wants to be here you know how so. the open mic go like a lot of comedians that i've, I've listened to on various podcasts have often said that you know the funny guy with their friends, people are always like, Oh, I should do this. And then when they first get up there on a stage, it's like, Whoa, this is a, this yeah, is a different. different game altogether. Though I will say I, you know, I'm a student of comedy as well yeah. as a performer of it. And I will say that every comedian that sticks with it for a long time, there are plenty of people that come in and out all the time, right? There's, sure. it's like a professional athlete. I imagine the average lifespan for a comedian is like three years where they start trying to open mics and, before too long, they're like, this isn't for me. Um, but for the people that stick around for a long time, I think every single one of them, their first show went well. And it doesn't have to have actually gone well. It has to have gone well in their mind. Uh, okay. Like yeah. if if getting one laugh was enough for you to go, oh, man, that was so fun. That was that went well, even if the, all the other jokes bomb. But if that one laugh is what you take away from it. Okay. then you're going to keep doing it. The people that it doesn't go well, it just, you never have that high to chase as much. And so for a lot of comedians, that first show goes well, and then shows two through 10 are garbage and you bomb a bunch. But that first one was good enough that it makes you want to keep coming back and doing it. You know? How much of your routine... Um do you create on the fly or if any, like when you're doing stand-up, is there any of it that you're kind of getting to just kind of, well, take it's this a kind of stream that kind of enters your mind while you're up there. Yeah, at all, or? It's yeah, for sure. I mean, it's important to me. You go see live entertainment because it'll never happen again. That's the benefit. Yeah, Otherwise you can watch a special, you can see somebody on Netflix or something like that. You go to a live show because that is an experience that will never be repeated. Uh, and so I definitely try to, make sure people know it's a live show. Now I am somebody that I always go in. Like if I'm doing an hour on stage, I go in knowing what my first 10 or 15 minutes is going to be because I need that 10 or 15 minutes to get everybody on my side. And mm. then I can try new jokes. I can mess around with the audience. I can do, I can sort of let the show take me where it's going to take me. And a lot of times you know, I have different like chunks, right? Well, there, there'll be this five minute chunk. But when I get to that end of the, the five minute chunk, I've got three branches that I can go down. Mm. And I don't I don't even know which branch I'm going to go down. And it's what do I feel in the moment or what is the audience telling me they want or things like that? And then I'll go down this one branch and then that'll be a five minute chunk. And at the end of that branch, there's another three pathways. And so I try to not have it completely planned out. It's also very important to me to try new things on stage yeah. all of the time. Like uh, if you're not growing, you're dying. And so you got to be trying new stuff. And sometimes that's as simple as one new line in a joke that I've already had. Or sometimes it's like, here's a five minute story I've never told on stage. Let's see if there's anything there. 
Yeah. You know, because the reality is, is if I start strong and I end strong, nobody remembers the middle. That's true. You know, so the yeah. middle is your chance to just mess around and try out stuff and see what works. And what's the worst bomb you've ever done? Oh, man, there's been a lot of them. If you're not bombing, then you're not doing it right. It you're means trying, that you're, guess, yeah. yeah, it means that you're not trying new stuff. And that happens sometimes. There are people that get addicted to crushing addicted yeah. to killing in front of the audience and then they won't take risks anymore because they know that something works and why would i ever do something that i don't know if it works but that in the end can only take you so far if you're not writing new material if you're not can continually creating and so you know sometimes when you do new stuff you bomb there are times where you have to be honest with yourself there are times i bomb because of me and there are times mm. I bomb because of the show or because of that audience. It's yeah. it, it it's 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 different. There are sometimes I walk off stage after bombing and I go, yeah, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that bit right then or I shouldn't have pushed this in that part of the show or I tried to do this up front and it didn't work. But then there's other times where I'm like, look, you guys just don't like me and you're never going to like me like <laughs> I know that these jokes are funny because I've done these all over, but no matter what I do, you're just not going to be into it. And how that's quickly, not my fault. How quickly into the routine do you get a feel for whether you've got the audience or not? Oh, within a few minutes. Yeah. If people, if people, cause I'm also silly. And so if yeah. I go up on the stage and I'm silly out of the gate and everybody doesn't give yeah. me en any energy back, I'm like, yeah. Oh, well you guys are going to not like this then. Yeah. If you're not willing to be silly with me, you're not going to enjoy this. And in those cases, you, know? you just grind through and you're like, well, yeah, sometimes it's just a job. Guys. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, like, you know, there are times where I love doing comedy most of the time. And there are some times where it's literally a job. Yeah, uh, it is my job. And so there are some times where you're like, OK, I've been contracted to do 45 minutes and I will do my 45 minutes that nobody's going to be super happy about it. But <laughs> We're going to we're going to do it. We're going to move on with our lives. I'll do my 45, even if it kills you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've had uh, shows on stage where it's gone so badly. I've like counted out the minutes like, OK, we've got seven minutes left. All right, everybody. And just trying to make that a joke and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. OK, you know? God. how did that so. transition to board games in like like creating a board games. I mean, yeah, I'm trying so, to find a connection there. Well, so it, it honestly started because my my buddy who is a comedian in Los Angeles really liked board games and maybe 7 years ago or something like that started hosting game nights for comedians okay. and just inviting other comedian friends. When I was a kid, I was into Magic the Gathering and stuff like that, but I got out of it when I was in high school and hadn't really gotten back into the world of modern board games. You know, I played cards with my family and we liked games and things like that, but we weren't deep into like the world of current board games. Uh, and then so seven or eight years ago, this buddy started hosting these uh, game nights and, uh, you know, opened my mind to games I didn't know existed. And, and most of the games that we were playing were party games, things like telestrations or cash and guns or code yeah. names or things like that that are pretty easy to get into. And that was also around the time where I was probably in that point in my life where I'm like, you know, I, I'm not really into just like drinking at a house party all the time. Like yeah. I was when I was 21, like 
let's have some structure to our hangout sessions. And so, you know, the games were just like a really awesome time to have this like activity with your friends, your, your, your structure, your drinking, you know? And, yeah. uh, and so I got into those types of games. Um, and then, you know, in that, around that time, I, I had a buddy from the world of film stuff and he actually, uh, had multiple games that were published uh, up until that point. And he was like, hey, you know, every game that I've done up until this point has been more of like a family strategy game, but I want to work on a more adult party game. Mm-hmm. You're a comedian. You're the only comedian I know. I know you're funny. And also, I know that you like games. Would you be interested in working on designing a game? And that was like a point where I never even considered that that was not something on my radar it was not a goal of mine it was not anything that I had ever really thought about doing but I had gotten one um, piece of advice at some point in my career that has always stuck with me and and somebody I can't even remember who said this to me but they said the hardest thing for people to do in the entertainment business is to walk through the doors that open to them when they aren't the doors they expected to open Mm. and for me, it's like, okay, this guy knew about the world of board games. This guy knew about getting a board game published. I like games. He can, I would have nowhere to, no idea where to start, right? If I was like, I want to make a board game. I, I wouldn't know how to go about doing that, but he knew the world a lot more than I did. So I was like, sure. Yeah. I like games. I like doing creative things that aren't just writing jokes. I'm, I'm, I've never been somebody in my life that can just do one thing, right? I, I've always yeah. kind of enjoyed wearing different hats and trying different things because you know it all sort of goes as a notch on the same tool belt where you're you're just using your creative skills in different avenues and in different ways and i like that challenge uh and so i was like yeah sure let's let's start working on it and so uh we did we started working on a a game and i it was a much longer process than i (laughs) you know realized that I realized it was going to be and stuff, yeah. but uh, it got me into the world of modern board games more. So, so I that, appreciate that, it. That was released in, I think, 2020. Um, yeah, right at the end of 2020, like December 2020. Okay, 25th Century Games, Chad Elkins yep. took that. How did that all, did it go on? I was trying to find a Kickstarter. I couldn't actually, was it actually no. on Kickstarter? So no, you went never did retail. Kickstarter, straight to okay. retail. You know, a lot of party games don't do quite as well on yeah. uh, Kickstarter. It's just maybe not the audience for it as much. Uh, people on Kickstarter want, you know, uh, upgrades and minis and things like that, where it's hard to put a mini yeah. in, a, in a party game. And so, yeah, we spent um, maybe about six months just designing it, the two of us. Then we started play testing it a bunch probably were playtesting it for a year, that sort of stuff. Then we started going to board game conventions in 2018 to yep. pitch the game. And I, I remember uh, my buddy being like, hey, we should go to this convention. And I was like, what? That's a thing? And he was like, yeah, they're like pretty big deals. And I was like, no, come on, shut up. <laughs> that can't be a thing. And he was like, no, it's a big thing. It's a big deal. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll go. The first one we went to was New York Toy Fair, which is huge if you've ever been to it. And uh, so I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea that this was a whole world. Uh, And then so, you know, we went to Origins, we went to Gen Con, we went to multiple uh, different places publishing it. And we even went like we started publishing it before we even really had like a prototype. Like if I had to go back and do it again, I would 
have a more finished prototype before I went to public publishers and showed them this. But I didn't know. I didn't even like when we went to Toy Fair, we didn't even try to set up meetings ahead of time. We just walked up to people and we're like, hey, we got a game. Can we tell you about it? Uh, and which wow. I also would not do again. I was like, yeah, people are fairly receptive if you email them and try to set up a time to do a little quick pitch meeting. So I definitely learned by making some mistakes. Uh, and then Chad ended up picking it up because we saw him at we pitched it to him at Origins in 2019. So we had pitched it a year and hadn't we had some interest, but nobody signed it or anything like that. Uh, and then the next year we were like, okay, let's go back and do another round of pitching this to some people. And we pitched it to, to Chad at origins, which happens in June for anybody that doesn't know. And he liked it and asked for a prototype. Uh, and we'd given out some prototypes to different publishers yeah. in the past, but it hadn't gone anywhere. And, uh, you know, Chad ha played it a couple of times on his own and was like, yeah, it's fun, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and then we saw him just at a bar at Gen Con and he was like, Hey, do you have that game with you right now? And we were like, Oh yeah, it's in our backpack. And he was like, let's play it right now. Cause I think he had kind of sat down with it, but hadn't given it like full plays or anything like that. Yeah. And so he had some friends with him that were voices in the industry that he trusted and stuff. So we all sat down and, and that game is kind of made to be played at a bar at 11 PM. You know, yeah, that's meant that's, to be loud, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so loud. It's raucous. It's insults. It's laughter. Yeah. It's, you know, it's inappropriateness, all of that sort of stuff. And so, you know, playing it with him at a bar at 11 PM and everybody had a great time. And after that, he was like, yeah, I want to publish this game. And we were like, awesome. Yeah. Let's oh do God. it. And then curmudgeon. So who came up with the name curmudgeon? Was that there? That the was our or? name. That was our name from the very, wow. from literally from like our first meeting of me and Adam, the guy I co-designed it with. Yeah. There is almost nothing in the game that is the same from our first meeting, except for the title. <laughs> we just liked the word curmudgeon and the idea we knew we wanted it to be kind of a roast joke insult game. So yeah. that core of an idea and the name curmudgeon remains from the very first meeting, but how you play it completely changed. And I remember, like, I didn't know how often, uh, how much you need to play test things to figure stuff out sometimes, right? I mean, there are, as oh, yeah. with anything, there is an idea that the first time you put it on the table, it works and you're like, oh my God, I have a finished game already. But that is the exception. That is not the rule. Most people are going to have to go through some painstaking process to figure out what works and doesn't work. And I remember after we'd been talking about it for a while and designing this game after the first play test, I like almost cried. I was like, this is garbage. This is bad. <laughs> I can't believe we just wasted six months on this stuff. And I was like ready to give up right then. And yeah. he, you know, thankfully had done the process a little bit more than I had. Yeah. What I had. And so he was like, no, 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 no. it's okay. We found out a bunch of stuff that didn't work. And now we're going to take those kernels of the things that people really liked and then center the game around those things. You know, you find those moments that people really enjoyed. And how do you cut out everything else and make the game about those moments? It's kind of like building a comedy routine. Yeah, right? honestly. I mean, that is like so much of anything creative is in the rewriting process, right? Comedy, yeah. I can get on stage and try it, but it's about, okay, there was enough there that makes me want to keep trying this, but Maybe I'm going to move something around. Maybe I'm going to cut something. Maybe I'm going to change the words here. All of that sort of stuff. I mean, that's one of the things I like about writing a joke the most is 
that it it's such a puzzle. And yeah. I find that a very interesting puzzle to try to figure out. And then, so obviously you've had content creation, uh, you know, as part of your, your, your comedy shtick, right. Or since, you know, the early two thousands, how, at what point did it kind of dawn on you that there's a nice vein and that we can mine here in terms of content creation when it comes to the board games, when did that kind of click for you? Pandemic, baby. That was just <laughs> remember how the pandemic made us re all reevaluate our lives. Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't doing anything. I didn't. I wasn't making any. You know, I've been designing this game and playing games, but I hadn't uh, done anything in the board game content creation space at all. And then all my shows got canceled. You mm. know, uh, that really is the the crux of it. I had a bunch of tour dates lined up. I was supposed to be in Syracuse and Albany and San Francisco and all of these different places. They all got canceled. And, um, you know, that first month of the pandemic, all of my roommates are also professional comedians. Mm -hmm. And so we all had our jobs cease to exist sort of overnight. And so for that first month of the pandemic, I mean, we were kind of literally playing board games every single night because there was nothing else for us to do. We were just like, all right, well, we'll get through this together and eventually the world will be back to normal. Uh, and then as the pandemic, you know, I think a lot of us assumed, okay, this is going to be a weird month and then it'll be done. Yeah. I don't know that many of us thought that two years later we would still be, you know, dealing with it and talking about it and stuff. Uh, and so after about a month of us just kind of playing games and um, surviving through that, I was like, oh, you know, I feel like board games are really helping me a lot right now. They're they're giving me and I don't want to just like watch Netflix all day, every day. I want to do something. And I feel like this is helping me get through a really hard time. I should start making some videos about the games that I'm playing right now because yeah. maybe it'll help some other people get through it. And when I first started it, I literally started it sort of just for my Facebook friends, just for my Instagram friends. I didn't think about it, anything beyond that. I was just like, I'm playing a lot of games right now. I feel like they're really helping me. I want to help other people find some games that maybe they can play with their family or whoever they're in their bubble with right now. And, and this is how much I didn't like think of it as a bigger thing. I owned microphones and lights and things like that from <laughs> all of my other stuff. I used none of it. I literally didn't like I could have I could have had decent production value from the beginning. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm just going to like sit at my dining room table and tell people about iPhone. the games that I'm. But yeah, literally, I was just <laughs> like, I didn't set up any lights. I didn't use any of my microphone stuff. I just sat down and was like, hey, this is Deep Sea Adventure. I've been really enjoying this game right now. This is why I've been enjoying it. Maybe you'll like it, too. And that's all I thought about it. And I was kind of like, I'll do this for two or three months. And then the world will be back to normal and I'll get all my tour dates back. And then I won't do this anymore. I didn't feel like this would be like a long term thing. Yeah. thing for me when I first started doing it. And uh, then obviously the pandemic kept dragging out and I kept playing games more and more and and uh, kept making videos and the videos were doing well. And I felt like I was bringing up perspective to the hobby that maybe hadn't uh, been done as much before, right? Like my whole idea was just kind of who I am, which is I want to give real information in a silly way. 
I want to, yeah. I want to say something real, but do it in a dumb, goofy way. And I think that's what my boy, that's what my standup is. And that's what my board game stuff is too. That's just kind of my voice. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, and, and for the first while I had, I didn't even literally, I didn't even put my videos on YouTube or any, I didn't put them on anything. I literally put them on like my Facebook or my Instagram stories, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And that was it. Oh, well, you've I got bet. quite the following now on TikTok. Yeah. Right? You're at 150,000 followers. Yeah. It's not a small number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, and part of that was the then I was like, okay, after like three months of just putting them on my Facebook, I was like, all right, maybe I should put these on YouTube. And then I started putting them on there. And then after about a year of doing that, I was like, you know, I think I like doing the stuff on YouTube, but I also feel like my voice maybe would work better in a short form platform like a yeah. TikTok. So let me start doing that. So I started my TikTok only about a year ago just because I was like, oh, maybe this will be a good place for my style. And then it kind of really exploded on there. Just see what happens and boom. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. crazy. And then the whole look, because you've changed your look, right? So yeah, you've got yeah. the but it, it's 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 a it's a unique look, which is good because you stand out like really quick. So my C's right away is like, oh that's great line, right? Yeah. Is did you trans so the with the two sides? So the stand-up comedy versus kind of board game content creation, have those worlds kind of merged now where it's kind of one identity across both? And is this oh, kind for of sure. the, yeah? Yeah. So I mean the facial hair, the only reason I grew it was because <laughs> I yeah, honestly, where I, I normally I'm going on a lot of auditions and I had to look like my photos. Yeah. So I could never grow facial hair because then if I go into an audition and they go, wow, this is not what you look like in your photo that we wanted that guy. Why is this guy here? And nobody has any imagination to be like, we can imagine you what you like look like without a mustache. Yeah. And so I grew this huge beard just because I was like, screw it. This is the time I can do it. And then I got tired of the beard. So I shaved it into the mustache and then it kind of people really liked it online and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, all right, this is kind of fun. This is different. Uh, for me, uh, I li I liked it enough that I paid to get new photos. This mustache cost me four hundred and fifty dollars because I had to pay to get new headshots and stuff like They're that. Good headshots, though. I yeah, got the two of you. them right there on. Yeah, yeah, on yes. But that's uh, what I mean. It's like I had to. This mustache. What this one a free mustache, right? I had to pay to keep this mustache. Yeah. <laughs> so is how is that going to kind of evolve now? So on the content side, obviously you've you've, you've struck on something that's really working and working well. Are you going to keep expanding that? And is the goal, yeah. like, I mean, you're at the point so, right now of monetization, obviously, right? Yeah. So. And you had asked about sort of, are these worlds separate? Are these worlds the same? Yeah. And in fact, I've actually written a whole hour of standup all about board games. So mm. I've started taking that around different conventions. I did it at Origins. I did it at RageCon a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so I have a board game comedy hour. Uh, and so for me, I was like, well, this is a this is a fun way to sort of marry the two my two loves. Right. Is mm -hmm. be doing stand up, but by but be doing it about a very specific topic. Uh, so, yeah, I do want to sort of keep the worlds intertwined for me because they are just two things I really love uh, in general. Did you have to change your comedy style at all? No, nope. when when he came in, so it's um, basically it's just kind of I, you or like how? Does yeah, that I mean, I will say you know with my stand up, my board game stand up show, it's definitely cleaner than my normal yeah. show. So I, I'm never I'm never like a super dirty comedian. It's just not who I've yeah. ever really been. But I also don't, you know, I've never made it a point to like not swear 
or not talk about sex or something like that on stage. Well, with the board game hour, you know, one of the best things about board games is that they can bring everybody together. And so I wanted that show to also be for everybody. So it's like a PG show, you know? So in terms of that, I suppose that's a little bit different, but Mm -hmm. the way I write jokes and who I am on stage, that's all I know how to be now. So I've been doing it so long. So it's just, it's the same stuff. It's just about a different topic, you know? I mean, really it's the board game comedy hour is my standup but just about a very specific subject. Is there um, plans to do like another game? Like, so now that you've got content, so you're a comedian, you've got also now this other stream, which is content creation, which again, congrats on that. It's awesome. Thank and you. Again, I'm a follower and I love your content. It's just great. I appreciate it. I enjoy um, making it. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then the, the third kind of thing there that you, you start off with the guy you kind of into was the game design. Is that going to continue or what's, what's next for you? You're going to create another game or? Indeed, I am. I actually have one signed uh, nice. that will probably be coming out in 2023. Uh, it is a uh, everything I do is kind of party game. That's just how my brain works. Yeah, I, sure, yeah. I don't, I'm not, you know, a lot of these like really um, uh, prolific game designers are all math guys, right? There, there seems to be something about having a math background works well for game design but those most of those games are very you know strategic games yeah well i got a i got a party background all right so i'm making party games that's how my brain works i know i know how to make fun stuff silly stuff and so i have a game uh coming out with uh deep water games uh who made monstrosity Mm -hmm. uh and they've got a bunch of other real fun games uh and it's called uh we'll see if the title changes i think the title is going to stay the same uh it's called drop word like awkward drawing and it's mm. uh it's just a silly drawing fun party game uh i like games that allow you to be, be creative and bring your own sense of humor into it so i want yeah. party games that are a little bit more open-ended so the way uh drop word works is uh you take a noun and an adjective and you have to draw that you know uh embarrassed surfer creepy librarian mm. uh you know that sort of stuff but it doesn't matter how good you are at drawing because then your drawings get passed and a question card comes up. What was this person's nickname in high school? What was this person's New Year's resolution? And so it's all about answering questions based on the character that you have. Yeah, you know? that sounds like a blast. And then how yeah. many people can play that game? I guess unlimited is it or like uh, it's it, it, we have it as eight right now just yeah. because of components. Sure. I suppose if you added in components from other games, you really could play it with more than that but definitely uh, a classic uh, so, party game yeah yeah and then i actually have uh i'll be at gen con uh this year pitching three more game designs that we have wow so, yeah I know. you've been busy covid's been good for yeah. you <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> gave me a little bit more time than i normally have you know <laughs> so if people want to follow you uh obviously you've got your social channels if you don't mind repeating them it'd be great so for people yeah. to check you out i think it they should. I mean, it's great content. So your Thank social you. channels are? Yeah, uh, Grant's Game Rex, uh, and that is R-E-C-S, like the abbreviation of recommendations. I don't yep. really consider myself a reviewer. I consider myself a recommender. I'm just talking about the games I'm loving playing. Nice. Uh, so on TikTok and Instagram, it's Grant's Game Rex. Uh, if you want to find my YouTube channel or my website, it's just uh, Grant Lyon. L-Y-O-N, my full name. So you can go to youtube.com slash grantlion or grantlion.com. Uh, and if you want more of my comedy stuff, listen to my comedy album, uh, Scheduled Fun Time. Hit number one on the comedy charts in 2020. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. 
Well, congratulations, yeah. uh, Grant. Thanks yeah. again so much for coming on the podcast. This has been a blast. And uh, maybe we can get you back uh, to talk about these new games when, yeah. uh, when they launch. Yeah, happy to do so. Thanks for having me. Take care. Cheers. Bye. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.